So I'd love to see you come out this week. Get your Bibles. I think some of you already did. Your smart devices, open those Bible apps. If you're at home, you can go to the Grace Life app, and there's a Bible provided for you there, and you can also take notes. Uh, you can even use that if you're here in the sanctuary. Darius has got his notebook out. Other people are using their phones. That's great. Matthew's back there with his. Uh, I'd like to go over notes that I take from other ministers when I'm listening to them. Uh, I get little things for sermons, but I like to go back over them and see what God wants to say to me through those that maybe didn't even come out in the message, but a scripture was used and you start reading over those notes and boom, Holy Spirit falls right there in the room where you're at and you begin to have uh, communication with Him and He deals with you and reveals Himself to you and you have a, a wonderful time of growth and encouragement. So that's what I want to help you do this morning as we read from the 40th chapter of Isaiah, verse 31. I'm going to read from the New International Version as we start out this morning and then let's uh, talk about this together. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Anybody need any strength? How about some renewed strength? Uh, they will soar, underline that word soar, or circle it, highlight it, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I used to be in that group that would run and not grow weary, but as the days get longer, I am in the group that walks and doesn't faint. Come on, somebody, and help me. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I have recognized over the years, and I was in this category, but as I learned more about who Jesus is, how beautiful he is, and the picture that he's painting for me, and I learned more about myself, but I was in this category of the saints that flapped their wings. We had a lot of flapping wing Christians. If you don't know what I mean by that, flapping your wings, the, the emphasis is on your wings. You're trying to do it in your own effort, and it's like being on a treadmill. You're doing a lot of work, but you're not getting anywhere. A lot of chickens in the chicken coop that looked up at the eagles and flapped their wings and tried to get somewhere, but all they got was exhausted. Can I get any amens? Can I, anybody hear what I'm talking about? In my own efforts, flapping my own wings, I never got anywhere but frustrated. And by the end of every day, I wanted to quit because I was exhausted. The word soar means to rise. It means to increase dramatically. Some of you are very good at the dramatically part. It means to ascend to a higher exalted level. Have you noticed anything in your life driving up and down the highway this week that has increased dramatically? <laughs> Everybody said fuel prices, gas. It went from 325 at Exxon last Monday uh, or Wednesday to 399 yesterday. It increased dramatically. Those prices, inflation is soaring. Tensions are on the rise. Can I get an amen? To, no, I don't even want an amen on that one because that means so be it. I don't want to so be it on tensions rising. They're thick enough. <laughs> we can't 
and we won't rise, climb, ascend, tied down to doubt and worry. The Lord gave me a vision of a hot air balloon. Has, has anyone ever taken a hot air balloon ride? You've been in a hot air balloon? Okay. Say, my insurance premiums just went up. Matthew's in a hot air balloon. Uh, we on Soarin', it's a ride at Disney World, Soarin'. It's an IMAX theater uh, type of ride, and you actually feel like you're flying, and there, there's all these hot air balloons around you. But my vision was of a hot air balloon, and when if you've ever seen a hot air balloon, it takes off, but it's tied down. There's a rope that is tying down, or someone's holding it down until they're in full preparation, and then they release that rope so that the hot air balloon can take off. I think that we are in for the ride of our lives if we could get untied from the worry and the doubt. Focusing on the tension and the rise of inflation and the climbing of the gas prices. And when those things become our focus, if I'm, I'm uh, intent in watching the news right now more than I ever have, I, do, I can filter out things and I do have discernment by Holy Ghost. Okay. I'm not getting bogged down by it, but it helps me to know how to pray. Okay, Can I chase a rabbit? <clears throat> don't, don't just pray for Israel. Okay, uh, Let me say this with all tenderness and kindness. Israel is not the apple of God's eye as a nation. True Israel is all the believers circumcised of the heart, grafted in, and God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't like one group of people more than he likes another group of people, which tells me that you should be praying for the Russians as well as you should be praying for the Ukrainians. Yeah, my wife said, come on. I mean, if you're just praying for one group and you're not praying for the other group, well, God's not interested in just one group of people. They all have souls. He died for the whole world. Black and white, they are yellow and they're precious in his sight. And so every nation of the world, God is not judging nations any longer. Um, I, I just want to help us to understand if you want to pray for Israel, don't, don't forget to pray for the Haitians. And the Indians and the Mexicans and the Asians and the Americans. Because I pray for those that, and I love those that just aren't easy to love. But it's difficult to love someone who's killing innocent babies and women and children and attacking civilians and all types of other things. But he needs our prayer as well. So let's get back on track. <laughs> One of the most crippling mental conditions is doubt. Doubt can cripple your hope. Uh, and without hope, there's no joy. We talked about joy and happiness last week. But doubt can be internal and it can be external. Internal doubt is known as self-doubt. There are a lot of people uh, where self-doubt makes us question our ability to overcome obstacles. Now, I know that we, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by His Spirit. But you still have to get up out of bed and go to work every day. Come on. 
and to be successful at certain goals and dreams that God has given you, doubts will creep in and you will question yourself in your ability to do that. If you've ever been called to, by God, and you all have been called by God, for a particular assignment, uh, He will put the words in your mouth, but the first thing that He says, if you'll open up it up, He will fill it. So there are self-doubts that would begin to creep in on what, whatever the assignment may be. Um, even that you can love again because you've been hurt. Even that you have self-doubt that you'll ever get over tragedies and traumas, molestations when you were a child, and abuse as a, a spouse. There's a lot of things that have caused people to have low self-esteem and have caused them to question themselves. And they there is just, just such a difficulty to rise above. Uh, to increase dramatically the way that God wants you to bring increase into your life. External doubt is when you begin to doubt other people. If you've been rejected, it's hard to let yourself be loved again. Uh, friends that have let you down, you become vulnerable in that area. And sometimes we even have doubts that our government can make us secure. That was warmly received. They do call it social security, don't they? We doubt God sometimes that He will even fulfill His pro promises. You know, it's a promise. Healing is the children's bread, but then you would have people that would doubt healing because they've never seen the manifestation in certain areas of their body. How many of you have a chronic illness that keeps creeping up? So several hands. So it's doubt will creep into those areas. And when it's like that rope, then doubt ties you down to soaring. About the time you think you're going to take off, am I talking to anybody? You just feel that tug and that tension that pulls you back down, and you don't arise to that next level. You, you just can't soar the way that you want to soar. I believe that we can learn a few things from Isaiah, the 40th chapter this morning, that will help us to rise above and to ascend to a higher uh, level of, ex of exaltation and increase dramatically in every area of uh, our lives. I believe you can amen wherever you have the need that He wants you to increase in your finances. I believe that He wants you to increase in your faith. I believe that He wants to help you increase in overcoming obstacles in your life in a dramatic fashion. In your work situations. Uh, in your relationships with your children, with your relationships with your co-workers, with your relationship with mankind. So we've got to jump in context from 35, 31 of chapter 40 of Isaiah. Uh, why does he end with, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings and eat. Like eagles, they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not fall. That, that's the end. So let's go to the first verse of chapter 40, verse number 1, Isaiah. And this is what we hear Isaiah proclaiming. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Can you receive comfort of the Lord today? 
man, when uh, they begin to sing that song, I am his beloved and he is mine, he's written his name on my hand, I begin to feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit. When Jennifer began to prophetically sing that deep love of God and the embrace of the Father, there was comfort flowing through the house. I believe it flowed right through the internet and on that screen and to your homes and you begin to feel the comfort of God. The word of the Lord to his people is comfort ye, comfort ye. That's not just a word to the American Christian. That is the word to the Haitian Christian, the Dominican Republic Christian, the Asian Christian, the Russian believer. I believe it's to all mankind. It's good news of great joy which shall be to all people. Comfort ye, comfort ye. I want to encourage you today with the word of the Lord. Comfort ye. I take that. I'll receive the comfort of the Lord physically, mentally, emotionally. If I can be comforted and my doubts begin to cease and fade and I'm not tied down and there's not that tension, then I'm going to rise above. I'm going to climb. I'm going to ascend. I'm going to soar. We heard Pastor Paul White, one of our good friends, use a scripture that I've really never heard before in Romans, the fifth chapter, verse number five. As you turn there, you know, growing up, I heard a lot of preaching, uh, both on television and different sources and resources, that God was the God of judgment and justice. You know, uh, preachers would say, Kim, they'd say, God loves you, but He's just. God loves you and He's holy, so He won't let you go unpunished. God, He will get justice. Can I give you a scripture? That would contradict that? Hmm. I'm going to share it with you anyway. Romans, the 15th chapter, verse number 5 says, Now may the God of patience and comfort, not judgment and justice, not vengeance and revenge, the God of comfort and patience, grant you, to be like-minded towards one another according to Jesus Christ. Um, if you have a picture of a God who is just and justice, guess what type of mindset you're going to have towards other people? Of judgment and justice. But if we can begin to get a picture of our Father God, uh, He is a God of comfort and patience. So how does he want us to be comforted? What is it that will make us to ascend and rise above? Number one, we must begin to hear his proclamation. We've got to hear what he is saying about us. And the crazy thing about it is just like that song said, it's what he's always thought about us. It's what he's always been saying about us um, it's in found in verse 2 speak tenderly to Jerusalem Jerusalem here in the context is he is speaking to natural Jerusalem but in light of us in the new covenant the new Jerusalem is God's people she is a bride adorned it's what Revelation says New Jerusalem is not a location, it is a people. 
It's not a piece of real estate. You are the new Jerusalem. You are blood-bought. You are the bride who has been adorned. And he speaks tenderly to his bride, Jerusalem. And here's what he tells her. Man, if this won't help you to rise above and begin to ascend to a higher level, somebody help hold the mules because I want to slap somebody. No, I really don't. That's just what preachers say, and I don't know why we say it. But It's exciting to know that he speaks tenderly and says to you that your warfare is over. How many of you have been um, caught up in any type of um, program or spiritual teaching or anything that has brought to the forefront that prayer is more about spiritual warfare? That you're constantly fighting. We're, con- you know, not about against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and high places. And the devil himself is a roaring lion, and he'll come in, and you've got to rebuke the devil. And you- listen, he's defeated. He's done. It's finished. Colossians says that he has been rendered powerless. My Bible tells me that Jesus has all. He is the only power. So what are we fighting against? If there's any fight, it's a good fight of faith to help me overcome in my mind to really have the faith to believe that what he has said about me is true. It's a good fight of faith to rise up to the point that I understand that he is proclaiming over me as his bride, the battle is not yours, the battle is mine, your warfare has ended. Matter of fact, what he was telling Jerusalem, Israel, in this point in Scripture, see, Isaiah is a mini Bible. Chapters 1 through 39 of Isaiah are woes and warnings and destruction and judgment. That's what the Old Testament is all about in the, in the light of the law. But in verse chapter 40, verse 1, it flips over to a new covenant language. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. I speak tenderly to you, Jerusalem. Your hardship is over. And matter, what he's saying is, and you'll find out in the context of this scripture, that your reward, your recompense is coming. Uh, God is going to take care of this. You're not going to have to work and labor. Your hardship and your warfare under the law is over. That is incredibly good news. It'll help me rise above and to soar knowing that I don't have to fight. Here's the other thing that he speaks tenderly to his bride. Your sins are paid for. Matter of fact, they've not only been bought and paid for, they are removed. Guilt, shame, condemnation removed. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mercy. The song said, has taken all of my shame. Your sin has been removed as far as the east is from the west. God is not counting men's sins against them. These are things that the Lord declares over you, that the Father says to you, that will help you be uh, released from that doubt of how He would feel about you so that you can soar, that you can rise, that you can overcome these doubts. Am I talking to anybody? Is this helping anybody? I like this next part. It says, you have received double. Now, when I looked at that verse, I looked at it in many different translations. In the original language, it's a noun, and it is capitalized. So in our language, that denotes that it is a person, place, or a thing, and I would like to think that it is a person. 
in the person of Jesus Christ because of what he did for us and accomplished on Calvary's cross, we have received double for all of our sin. He didn't just take our sin away and remove it from us. He removed it and remembered it no more. He cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. He didn't just say, I'll forgive you of your sin today. He said, I will forgive you of all of your sin, past, anybody ever sinned before? Sin in the present, and come on somebody, shout with me, and your future sins. Because listen, Paul White said this last night when Lisa and I were listening out on the porch in that wonderful weather and the breeze was blowing, and I heard him say, when were you born? Were you born 2,000 years ago? When Jesus went to the cross, were you alive? Then where were your sins when he went to the cross? All of your sins were in the future. If he had not taken care of future sin, you would still have to make a present sacrifice. That's what they did in that Old Testament in their warfare and in their hardship. They had to work and toil. They had to raise a lamb. If they didn't, couldn't raise a lamb, they had to go buy a lamb. So if you needed money to buy the lamb, you had to work. And it had to be a perfect lamb that you took. And do you know that if you sinned, Darius, and took a lamb to the high priest today to be sacrificed, and you sinned tomorrow, you would have to take another lamb to the altar. So your sacrifice was only as good as the sin that you had just committed and did not take care of any future sin that you had committed. But I know a better blood that has better promises that was sacrificed once and for all and it's got double rewards with it that he took care of my sins past, present, and future. That is some good preaching. Man, that'll help us rise above. That'll help us to ascend to a higher level. Hmm. Isaiah 40 verse 10 says, Behold, or look, the Lord God will come with might, with His arm ruling for Him. Look, His compensation is with Him. That word compensation means an award for loss or injury. It goes on to say, and His reward is before Him. That word reward is recompense. Again, a reward given for a loss. He gave double a Compensation and a reward found in the person of Jesus Christ. We need to hear what he's saying about us and over us. And he says it tenderly. I believe a lot of people, even people in this room and under the sound of our voice, have a lot of great things to say, but it's not being heard because you're not saying it tenderly. Help me, Holy Ghost, in that area because you know there are a lot of people that are in a dry thirsty wilderness and they've come out parched and they need a cool drink of water and we have the living water to offer it to them that quenches their thirst but if we throw it in their face it's not going to quench their thirst number two we need to see who he is his proclamation and now the picture of who he is Isaiah 40 verse 20 says do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the world? Verse 26, raise your eyes on high and see. 
we heard what he is saying, and then we need to raise our eyes and see the one who has created the stars, the one who brings about in their multitude by number. He has every star numbered and named. The heavens declare his glory. When you look into the sky and you see the Big Dipper or you see Orion or you see any of these constellations, it is the stars in the heavens. The heavens are declaring the glory of the Lord. Come on, people, let's declare the goodness. If the stars can declare His glory and His goodness, we can declare His goodness. But we have to look up and see. Picture Him. It is He, verse 22, it is He who sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. That's the horizon. He's enthroned above the heavens in the horizon. How can we see Him today, though? You know, the Jewish people who this was prophesied to got the, their, the generations after them, the future generations, they beheld Him in His physical form as He walked the planet. How do we see Him today? I believe through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. He witnesses and reveals Jesus to us. And in reading and meditating on the written scriptures, then we can begin to see Him. Hebrews the 10th chapter verse 7 says that in the volume of the books it is written of Him. Search the scriptures. That is where you will find that which testifies of me, Jesus said. Now the scriptures to which Jesus said testified to him were not the four gospels because they had not been written. So when Jesus says, search the scriptures so that you can find me, he's talking about the old covenant, Genesis through Malachi. So when you go to the scriptures, when you're looking into the Old Testament, don't be looking for signs and all of this stuff that's declaring in Daniel the fourth toenail on the beast on the left foot and you know all of this. Look for Jesus. Because the volume of the book is written of Him. Man, see Him. Hear what He's saying. Then begin to understand that He is patient. Verses 27 through 30, the Israelites who first received this promise were worn out from their hardship, from the Babylonian captivity. They had already been into Egyptian captivity. They're going to fall into Medo-Persian captivity. And then they're eventually going to be, in Jesus' time, under Roman captivity. All four of those point to the four kingdoms are, that are mentioned in Daniel. They're not to come. They've already transpired and have been taken place. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how you can't see it, but that's okay. We're not going there today. We've got to understand that he's patient and that this promise was first given to those that were worn out in those captivities, in those oppressions, in the hardships of that under the law, and that they lived in, in exile to the Babylonians for several decades, their perspective was darkened. It was full of doom and doubt. Could you imagine living right now in Ukraine? I mean, thank God for believers who are strong in their faith, but there are many who are wavering in their faith because to them, it is the end of their world. Displaced, destroyed, separated from family. 
what darkness and gloom that there is. But you know that we can stand and we can prophesy to them that they have the same right and the same uh, ability to reach up and to see the God of, who made the heavens and the earth. Very difficult to do when you don't have bombs dropping uh, around you. It, it seems a little bit easier, but listen to what how God is so patient. Jacob begins to complain. This is his complaint, and I, and I feel that in the world today, there's many that have this same complaint in their doubt. My way is hidden from the Lord. And my right has been disregarded by my God. Don't you yet understand? Don't you know by now that the everlasting God, the creator of the farthest parts of the earth, never grows faint or weary? No one can fathom the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the tired and worn out and strength to the weak. Can you declare that this week over those who are suffering there in darkness and doubt and discouragement where they feel like God has disregarded them? I could not imagine living on the planet in that type of terror right now. I mean, we've been all shook up for the past two years over a virus. And I'm not downplaying that. I went through it. Lisa went through it. We know what the symptoms were like. We know how it attacked our bodies. I'm not downplaying that at all. But people's lives are flashing before their very faces as their apartment buildings are being bombed. They're saying, my, my way is hidden from the Lord. He has rejected me. But God is patient. Romans 15 verses 4 through 5 says, Whatever things were written before were written for your learning, that we might through the patient and comfort of the Scripture have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort, one translation says, may the God who gives encouragement and endurance. What a word. God gives encouragement and endurance. There are a lot of people going through a lot of things that need to know today. Be encouraged. He's giving you endurance. You can make it through this hardship. You can get through this difficulty. You will make it through this grief. I'm telling you, He is the God of comfort and patience and He wants to encourage you and give you endurance. Why? Because 1 Corinthians, Paul says that He has comforted you, comforted you so you may be a comfort. What am I missing? Did I misspell it? Inducence. He gives inducence too. Just don't be indecent. Oh, Lord, help this boy. Sometimes I spell the way I talk. Feel and skill. You had to be here last week. Guys, come on up. Second Peter, the third chapter, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise. As some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. But for everyone to come to repentance. That word repentance there is He, God wants everyone to change their mind about Him. The word there is metanoia in the Greek. It means to change your mind. 
He doesn't want you to think that he's the God of judgment and vengeance. He wants you to change your mind. People are perishing because they're in warfare and hardship. Doubt has overcome. They've not been able to rise above, above and ascend to a new level and increase drastically because they have a wrong mindset. They've allowed doubt to keep them tied down so that their hot air balloon doesn't take off. But he is patient. And he wants you to understand that he doesn't want you to die. He doesn't want you to perish because you have a wrong insight of who he has, a wrong revelation. Repent of that. Exodus 34, 6 says that he is merciful and very patient with his people. I'm thankful that my father is patient. I'm thankful that he doesn't show his patience based upon my behavior. He's not patient with me because I'm acting real good. Matter of fact, he needs, he, I need him to be more patient with me when I'm not acting so well. Romans 2, 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this not mean anything to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? King James says it this way, It is the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. It is His patience his kindness, His comfort, His encouragement, and His endurance that He gives to us. I had this written in my notes. I, I knew this new song, I Am His Beloved, but I wrote down in my notes this morning, Jesus says to you this morning, I am patient with you, my beloved. That leads us to the last verse that we started with, His promise. His proclamation, his, the picture of who He is, His patience, and lastly, His promise to us is when we begin to hear comfort you, comfort you, and we're spoken to tenderly and we see the picture of who He really is and His power and that He loves us and is patient with us, then we will be able to put our hope in the Lord. We will rise up on wings like eagles. We will walk and not faint, we will run and not grow weary. His promise is for renewed strength. As you stand to your feet, listen to the words of David, the psalmist, chapter 27, verse 1 on the screen. This is a wonderful declaration to make. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He is the strength of my life. Paul said that in my weakness, He has made me strong. His grace is sufficient. Thank you, Father, for your promise of renewed strength and of endurance. I pray now as that we begin to depart from this building to go to different homes and lunch engagements and throughout this week that we can rest in the fact that you are patient, you are kind, that you bring comfort and encouragement, that we can 
soar on eagle's wings and we don't have to flap our own wings and feel frustrated and exhausted. I pray this morning that as the word of the Lord has gone forth, that it will quicken, encourage, strengthen, that we can refer back to this word throughout the week and we can encourage ourselves in the Lord and be comforted and strengthened and know that we can rise and increase and ascend to new heights where we know we can begin to acknowledge that we are already seated in the heavenly Christ and we will have a heavenly perspective Father Father, I pray for peace in this world from continent to continent from pole to pole east to west north and south I declare peace Peace that only you can give. The world can't offer peace. It's the peace that you give to us. Let not our hearts be troubled. Father, we thank you for all of your benefits. Thank you for how you moved in this service today. Thank you how you began to touch hearts and encourage and heal minds and bodies. And that we leave on that dose of the Holy Ghost that we've been injected with today encouraged and strengthened to keep on keeping on in this walk of faith in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, so be it. You got anything? You good? Every heart clear?